Everybody's great when they're not tired. The champions is when they're tired, that's when the real champions come out. That's when a real dog come out. Because if you go piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dog see. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Aussie Fantasy Football Podcast. Joined by just one suspect, Potty69. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Chris. Good to be here. Um, what The last week of the regular seasons in most leagues or leagues that haven't adjusted to the, the longer <laughs> schedule. Uh, so the Sheep's Leagues, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a good time in fantasy football now. Uh, you know whether your, your season worked out or not, or whether it's still hanging by a thread and having some Monday Night Football uh, miracles. miracles, yeah, yeah, it's right. And I tell you what, it's going to be an interesting one. in Sheep's one pointer could be mm. a uh, what looks like a uh, commission a bowl in the playoffs. Yeah, me versus you. This is quite uh, quite ironic that we're the two two hosts of the day, and we're going to be facing each other in the week one of the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be fun. fun. It's interesting. It's I mean, this is exactly one. My team lost this week, and and I'm going to go in hopefully on on rec, um, for and against in my record, and I think that's where I always say it's valuable to have. Um, points on the board right early on and i think the easier games to win in the season are hard the first four <laughs> i feel always feel that it's the start of the season where you get your wins and you build your platform yeah. so come into fruition um and on the reverse in in sheeps too it looks like a last year i was a team that was sitting in and lost the last game and got kicked out this this year i'm getting the, the results in front of me i'm going to jump up i think two spot jump two people and get in um sneaking a six so exciting time and then, and then... And then we're top of sheep three as well. So that's all I think. Oh, yeah, we, Maybe that, we do know what we're talking about every now and then. <laughs> it's a bit of, yeah, you feel good. Like vindication, right? Exactly. Do you reckon I've knocked you out of the Twitter league? Or? Um, I actually think I'm still in that league. Wow. Um, on four and against again. I got lucky. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. It's not over yet. Who knows who's going to win it. But uh, yeah, good fun. Here we are. Off the back of. What are we up to? Week 14. It's pretty mm. crazy times. And off the back of um, the New South Wales gridiron uh, bowls that we watched a bit of on the weekend. Tell you what, high quality uh, gridiron being played in the New South, Wales, <laughs> New South Wales bowl. I think it was like, what was it? 35 nil or something. Oh, one stage it was. I think it started off a bit closer. Um, when it was nil all with the start off. Uh, but <laughs> I think I saw something like that. That Sydney Uni teams won like something ridiculous. 15 in a row or something. Oh, yeah, something crazy. I think they need, to, they need to put a salary cap in place there um, somehow, even out there. I doubt there's much salary. It's like, what do you reckon the salary cap is? A thousand bucks? Maybe or they're getting ten, 10 cartons of beer. <laughs> they need a, an NIL deal for um, yeah. out there. Instead of just um, the Alabama, New Sydney University, uh, paying all these guys all this money in terms of free tuition or something. Yeah. The Lions went out there and pumped them. It's good to see. Great to see. There's like yeah, a, couple of, a couple of older um, players there in this college team. There's a few Stenson Bennett's out there. They're just uh, yeah. in, their, in their, their seventh year of university. Oh, they loved an 87. What was it? 87 Bob. 87 Bob. Just kept getting said every single snap. I was like, surely there's another call to tell me who the mic is or something. I don't know what he was doing, but he was 87 Bobbing. Oh, dear. Anyways, week 14 in the bag. One game to go. Um, need nine points from Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Surely that's a given <laughs> right, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you always say right, but then it'll give you 
again, we're like, well, why isn't he doing anything? Yeah. Both of them get injured on the first play. Oh, no, Colomari get injured is the one you have to worry about because he's going to impact both. But I think that's that's safe. Colomari's rushing for, and it's a throw for one touchdown rush for a bit of yards and mm. have a good week. Couple of catches for Hop and job done. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. All right, so let's rip into a couple of things here. We'll do our standard segments, of course. Let me just uh, press a button here and see what this, see what this does. <laughs> Rookie of the week. Ready for Rookie of the Week, mate? Big weeks for a couple of rookies. Not uh, not too many, I suppose. There was a couple of, of, of standouts, and then there was just a few guys that put up, you know. It's a bad week for um, and... Christian Watson to be on by. He was building some good traction, but that's knocked back here. momentum. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got your 3-2-1 ready to go, mate? Uh, I do not, so you can you can start me on. All right, well, three three points for me. I mean, you're coming up against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Brock Purdy comes out, throws two touchdowns, pass a rating of 134.0. Uh, he gets my three points this week. Uh, he's put up a, a wonderful game, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, it's only 185 yards, but, um, yeah, he, he, he did the job, did exactly what San Francisco needed to do, and to beat uh, beat Tampa Bay 35-7 to is pretty impressive. So Brock Purdy gets my three points for the week. Um, two points coming uh, a lot into DFS lineups with Chigi Okonkwo. Uh, we spoke about him last week as well, coming into the Titans game. Unfortunately, they got the loss, but receiving touchdowns, six targets, Six receptions, so 100% on his catches, 45 receiving yards. Um, and he's kind of an up-and-comer in the dynasty circles, I reckon, for the tight end spot. So he can take my two. Um, and then it was pretty difficult to find the one because, you know, there were some people here or there, but I've actually gone with Jameson Williams coming off an injury. Uh, he only had one reception, but it was one t- uh, one touchdown and 41 yards. He was wide open on his two targets. So I'm going to give it to Jameson Williams because I think that's the only opportunity we're going to have to give him one point. So that's my 3 two, one yeah, well, I, I threw out Cheek as number one for me. I mean, three for me. He had a, a very nice week, six catches. Uh, like, he, he just – it was that name that I'm, I'm spewing that you was picked him up off waivers while we were recording the pod last week. Uh, but he's going to be good. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He did. I thought Timmy got him. Yeah. Uh, you was picked him up. And I think, yeah, he, he definitely had a great week. Um, Bam Knight, he, he threw out a, a decent performance as well for my two. Um I think 17 attempts, 71 yards, and a and a touchdown. You know, I know he still had Michael Carter out there this week, and he was doing some some good things on the ground. Um, Michael Carter did fumble at one stage, I think, which was a big bit of a not turning point, but helped to relieve the pressure on the Bills. Um, mm. And then I, like, I threw in Brock Purdy as my one. Um, I mean, it's hard to look at him and say, "Oh, it was a, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from a quarterback." But at the same time, it was not a. He just did what he had to do, and three mm. touchdowns. Um, a decent fantasy performance as well, as well right? which, yeah. So, which helps, I mean, so. you can't sit there and say, "Oh, that played against it. the the Bucks." Maybe they're not being coached as best as they possibly keep talking about that. But in his first career start, that's a that's a decent performance, and and he's a top scoring fantasy player in the week. So definitely, I think I just knock him back being a quarterback with the bonus sort of the highest ceiling in points there. I think the other guys just sort of stood out a little bit, but yeah. good on him. No, he's done well. Um, I think he's done everything they asked of him and to come in, come in against Tom Brady. I think that's that's pretty impressive to to do what he did. Three to, total touchdowns and yeah, his passer rating. Yeah, obviously, you know, he didn't complete heaps of passes or attempt many passes, but everything he did was just exactly what they needed to do. And um, yeah, 
good on him. It's all power to him, Mr. Irrelevant, right? So mm. happy days for him. But uh, we're going to have to get Tombo to uh, update the leaderboard because we haven't seen it for a little while. He has gone behind closed doors for the old Dally M, mm. which is a bit of a surprise because I thought yeah, I think he could it, just yeah. leave it wide open. It would be interesting to see how it I actually have no idea there. who's going to be at the top of the moment. Oh, I think there's um there was some Damien Pierce up there for a while. Um, Garrett Wilson, Wilson Brees Hall, was sneaking up there. Brees yeah, Hall was he, he hung around for a bit. He'd done the old Derrick Henry rushing yard stat from a few years ago when he was still the <laughs> leading runner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I think there's going to be it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't mind if it stays behind closed doors for a bit. Keep the listeners guessing what's coming up. Keep their keep us guessing working. too. To be honest, because I don't I don't do the maths. Never do the maths. Mm. All right. What about catch of the week? Any catch of the week nominations for you, mate? Or Oh, wasn't there like a very nice Pane Sewell catch of the week? <laughs> it's a big man. To be honest, I'm throwing that out there as my catch of the week, just just for the meme of um, anyone like the Jared Goffer quarterback, anyone in the tackle position, and, and it throwing to Pane Sewell down the field. It just it hits hits the fields and reminds me back of that whole draft cycle where there was all the talk of the Bengals taking they need the Bengals in to take Sewell because. Burrow, he was projected, can throw to anyone, but first use of that meme. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. Um, mine goes to Willie Gay. Interception today on uh, Russ Wilson. Took it one-handed, returned it to the house. Mm. I enjoyed that uh, that catch. Pretty off off balance and fucked it out of the air, and he can have it. There's probably better catches out there, but I think in terms of uh, quality of, you know, moving the, the ball in the opposite direction and scoring a touchdown, it was it was pretty impressive. So I enjoyed it. So Willie Gay, I know Willie, uh, he can have it for this week for me. And uh, we'll reach out to Tombo and yours to see what they've come out with and we'll throw Tom, it up on Twitter and away we go. Tom had Terrace Marshall catch of the week. He posted it. Oh, yeah, he did. So that was his uh, – that was at 10.25 in the morning. So they, they don't really have to – I'm sure there's nothing better after, after that. that. No. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. All right, so let's talk about just a few things, a few big performers that I saw uh, or we saw over this week and uh, to see if we can count on this going forward or whether you make some moves in dynasty circles. And I think the first one we obviously need to talk to is the highest scoring fantasy player on the week at this particular stage in a PPR league, and that is Evan Engram. This is crazy. 15 targets, Peter. 15. Mm. 11 Huge. catches, 162 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, what, what do you do with this guy? Oh, do you think yeah. this is it going forward? Is this his breakout game and he's going to do this forever? Not that to that extent, but you know what I mean. My breakout on his second team. Yeah. yeah, well, who knows? 28. This is the year for the tight end, isn't it? 28 years old. <laughs> I mean, Can we rely on this for maybe a year or two? What's his total fantasy points on the year? I feel like it's it's this game covers nearly half, at least half of his, or if not all, like... I'm just trying Let to add it up now. Four, eight, nine. I reckon <laughs> it's. I reckon it's like close to half. His fantasy reduction has been in one week. He's got 116 fantasy points on the year. Hmm. So a, a third of it in one week. Yeah. I mean, he's in saying that up. he's putting up. He's putting up. You know, fifteens, elevens, pretty consistently. Like he's usually in double digits. He's had a couple of down weeks here or there, but that's the tight end position for you. Look, I'm going to say, I think he's a good keep running into the playoffs this year. He's got Dallas uh, next week, the Jets, and if you're playing three weeks, Houston. So, um, I mean, streaming-wise, he's, he's still in that range. But, but I just think this, the one, this much production in one week and not being consistent across 
other weeks. The targets are there. He just had real – he had the yards this week, which really stood out. So he showed his athleticism on one of the touchdown catches, which was very nice. Um, and I just think that's that's his upside. But And I think we're seeing more – Trevor Lawrence had a really good game, and he's trending in the right directions. The more that he plays well, the better his weapons should play well. And I think uh, – I still really like Evan Ingram here, but I just – his breakout and uh, – He's probably a bit too rich for me. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a, a target. Eh? If you if you don't have him in Dynasty and you've got a an older quarterback and you've still got a few picks, if you can go and get Trevor Lawrence, he's made that step forward that you need. And I think he's been the biggest beneficiary of a new coaching staff coming in and actually having some form of brain in their head. Mm. Uh, he's taken massive step forward. He's, he's improved more than I thought he would this year. So uh, if you can go get Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence in a league, poof. I think it'd be worth every penny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so, definitely. I think target the quarterback in this offense. He's 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 stepped up. Something's ticked over and there's a lot of talk of like he right off last season. This is his real rookie year. Uh, just because of the coach. But I still think like, you know, year two quarterbacks take the sort of a bit of a step and he's sort of hit that point where he's he's looking the good. So I really mm. like Trevor Lawrence. Um and I think, you know, he was he was so people were so high on him and he's now starting to see the the skills come out that he like and he's starting to get stuff together. So can't wait to see what he does in the future. And I I'm still I still like Ingram. I think he's one of the guys you don't want to overpay for him now, but I think No, exactly, the, yeah. This is the period where I mean if you bought him a week ago or two weeks ago for real cheap, you're probably cheering. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so next next question for you, and this is this is something we always talk about, and it's, it, it's running backs, right? Like they hit that specific age where you start to sell um, your old running backs, right? So here's, here's something on the year um, that I've just noticed here, right? So top five running backs on the year in, in terms of total fantasy points. We've got Josh Jacobs, who's in his fifth, fourth year. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. Eh? Austin Eckler, who's 29 years old, um, still running back two. Uh, 27 years old, sorry. Christian McCaffrey, 26 years old. He's in third. Derek Henry, I think he's 47, uh, 28 years old. And then Saquon Barkley, um, 25 years old. And then even even Nick Chubb uh, and Aaron Jones, they're the top seven. They're all old running backs, right? And usually we get to the stage where we say, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, go and buy these, these young up-and-coming rookies. But if you really want to win a league, is that the right move? If you've got some real stud wide receivers and you're sitting there going, oh, geez, my running backs are getting a little bit old, is it the smartest move to move them when our top seven running backs are all over the age of 25 at the moment? Because usually, know. like, we, we are both pretty pretty big advocates of, you know, when you're doing your rebuild, yeah, sell your, sell your running backs. But that's when you're rebuilding completely, right? Like, what do you do? I'm sitting here with Eckler. I'm sitting here with Henry. I'm sitting here with, and then Damian Pierce is my my young running back. You know, do I really want to move Derek Henry and Austin Eckler if they're just going to do this again next year? Probably not. I think I think the hardest, like I think a good example maybe, and the older they get, the more I guess I don't want to use a concussion example of like Joe Mixon, right? But um, it's an injury factor if you lose them for a few mm. weeks in the season and you get hit up, and there just hasn't. I don't know whether there's been quite as much of that this year, but there's. That's sort of that's the fear, right? You don't want to have a guy that can if he if he's a bit older, they're more likely to wait a little bit longer for him to come back. But I think in the current nature, we look back at uh some of these age barriers where there was a bit more workhorse running backs that just sort of didn't quite get there. Now there's a lot more use of this backfield 
committees and two backs in the same team performing well, it's a bit harder to say, oh, there's a once I hit a certain age, it is dead. I think Derek Henry is probably the one that sits there the most, and he is the one that's had significantly the most volume of work um, wear on his body. But he's just a different. If you look at it, if you put all those running backs together and put him there, he's a different build to some of these guys and what he does, right? He needs to, he's the slower locomotive that needs to build up speed. But once he's got a bit of speed behind him, he can't be stopped. Um, I think if you're still competitive, you've got to keep these running backs because there's no way you can um, get the value in the trade market. Teams rebuilding don't want to buy 27, 28 year old running backs. It just, it doesn't make sense to them. Um, they've probably already sold their running backs that were old to, to get in the position in their rebuild. So why are they going to go and buy? You're sort of, de facto stuck with some of these guys. And I think it's not the, a bad option, right? I'd rather, we spoke about this before the pod, would you rather, would you sell um, Derek Henry for a second? It's just not worth that price when no, someone's not going to offer you a decent enough pick where you can get a running back back or get a, a uh, wide receiver in a draft to build a team around. It's just sort of a position you're not really, it's not worth the, the outcome you're going to get. A trivia anyway, for so. you. Yep, the trivia for you. Top 15 running backs. How many of them are under the age of 25? Two. Two? Three. Three, and that includes Josh Jacobs, who's been in the league for 45 years already at okay. 24 years old. So, so you've got Josh Jacobs, and then in the top 10, there's two, and then there's a third one. I went to 15 because that's where Antonio Gibson was at 15. Right. So if you can give me the other one. Congratulations. There's only one. Uh, one. Sorry, the other one. Yeah, oh. So first is Josh Jacobs is 24. 15 is Antonio Gibson, who's 24. Who's the one in between? It's pretty obvious, actually. Is it Naji? He's also, he's also 24. Naji? No, not Naji. Oh. Naji, Naji Harris is 19, RB19. Well, then it has to be. Is Jonathan Taylor? No, he must No. Mm. And gives off was Josh Jacobs gives off. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm I was going to say um, Ken Walker, but he's obviously not old enough to. Ken Walker's uh, just outside top fifteen. He's uh, eighteen. Hmm. And he's twenty four years old. Jesus, that's is twenty four years old. Uh, Swift hasn't had enough big games in him, has he? No, not Swift. No, he's had Ramon, plenty of injuries. Ramondre? Ramondre. Ramondre, that's it, mate. He's yeah. only back eight, Ramondre. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I've gone to 15, 16's Kamara, 17's Pierce, 18's Walker, 19's Harris, yeah. but, and then that's when the younger guys start to come in. But there's only, you know, five or six guys, and then it's back to singlets. Montgomery, Zeke, even Swift is, you know, he's 23, but had injury problems. And then Jeff Wilson somehow there, like it's just older guys that are seem to be in that kind of top 20 to 30 range. And, you know, we always say, get the young guys. Like Jonathan Taylor's just nowhere near anywhere of this list. And he was the 101 in a lot of non-superflex startups. So, I mean, usually that's the way to go, right? But, as you said, the, the the main point is like you don't want to sell Derrick Henry for a second. There's mm-hmm. no point in that. So if people are thinking at the end of the season, I've just got to move these guys because they're getting old. I mean, you look at a lot of these championship rosters, they're going to have Austin Eckler, they're going to have Derrick Henry. You really just don't want to just sell them because you have to sell them. Like, let's – I'm trying to think of it. Like, look, let's talk about Damian Pierce. And he was sort of a back end of the first round 
when he got to sort of if you're drafting a little bit later, if you drafted early, maybe he was still sitting in the second, but the the hype got there and he was working his way into the rookie first round draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at him now, uh and he's sort of you know, he's been good, but he hasn't been like a top twelve running back on the season. Um and it's sort of that position of those guys are valuable, right? They're part of your lineup. They're part of the thing, uh, part of what you need to sort of to build a championship roster. But what are you like selling him now? Uh, you could sell him for a high first. Maybe you've done a good job, but I think that's a, a real play you could make. But you don't sell these guys for seconds. And that's where it's, oh, I think like, what do you get? If you sold Derek, you'd rather have Derek Henry for like at the start of the year or and to now you've had him or um, Damian Pierce and hope like, you know, Damian Pierce could, I think they're both sitting in the same range of where they could their careers got end. They have they have one more year. They have two more years left in them, right? Um, well, that's it, right? What's what's stopping you know the Texans? They lost Damian Pierce today. He went down in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury, and then they had Rex Burkhead out there who just sucks. Like you just watch, he just sucks. Like what's their, what's stopping them bringing in another twenty-two-year-old rookie next year? And then they're fifty-fifty time split, and you know he's not getting his bloody twenty carries a week, and he's not playing sixty percent of snaps. He's down to fifty percent of snaps, and he's only getting sixteen carries a week. Like he, he's a kind of guy that you know he had twenty-two carries today, but only put up seventy-eight yards. If you you know he loses six of those carries, he's down at sixty yards, and it's like, well, this isn't exactly usable. So if you can get an early first, yeah, mate, go cash in and look for these next running backs. Like he's not going to. Outside of two weeks, he hasn't really won you a week. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's an argument there that you, you don't need to sell your running backs just for the sake of selling your running backs. So, I, I, last year, I was, mate, in the last year, I was desperate. Please, someone come and buy Derrick Henry. Do you reckon I'd be up the top or towards the top in the Chiefs one if I didn't have Derrick Henry? Like, no, probably not. Today, he had a shit game with two fumbles, but still put up 14 points. Like, <laughs> you know? So, mm. yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Anyways, that's just a, a quick thought I, I had this afternoon when I was looking through the, the leaders on, on each position um, across the year. And, yeah, noticed, geez, all these running backs are bloody old at the top. Everyone's telling me to go buy young blokes. And we even say to each other, go buy, buy young blokes. So, yeah, good fun. I all think right, it's, it's, we'll go. Oh, no, it is interesting. These young guys also seem to have that injury. They get hit by like Javante Williams. He was so high. Yeah, that's exactly Jeffrey right. Swift, um, There's nothing saying on. these young blokes can't get injured either, right? Like, and they're they're a bad injury away from being. Every player is a bad injury away from being out of the league. But you can't you, you can't, can't factor that in. Right? But you need you need players that are going to score points. Like it's point it's a points based game. You can't just have hypothetical points that they're going to get around. And I think that's players that you you say you buy Javante last season for a very high premium. <laughs> He's probably a, a big player in Dynasty that's lost a lot of value. Um, I think Brees Hall for the same. He had the injury, but he he's still a year younger um, mm-hmm. in a team that probably is going in the right direction. So I, I like him a bit more than like, what are the Broncos going to do next year? Are they going to bring in another running back now that Melvin Gordon's gone? Um, is it going to go back to a backfield by Kamini? Does Javante have to, is he ever going to get the line share work again? Like you're, you're, you paid up hoping it was going to be a workhorse back and it sort of hasn't played out that way. These backs are never reliable, but these guys that have become a bit more veteran and they've built a role in that team, you know what it is. It's a bit more stable. They're the ones that maybe they're a little bit older, but they're reliable. Hmm. Yeah, speaking of these running backs, these young blokes, J.K. Dobbins coming off the back of a big performance this week, uh, 15 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown in there. Uh, it's come for a nice eight yards per clip, but uh, just having a look at his 
his games in the next couple of weeks. He's got Cleveland and Atlanta. I tell you what, he's timed. He's come back well for fantasy playoffs if they're going to give him 18 carries and uh, 20 carries even, depending on you know how much they want to use him next week. <laughs> if you're in a <laughs> championship team, do you, do you want to try and sell the house to go get J.K. Dobbins? Do you trust oh. that that's the, the move to make? No, nah, not really. I think um, I like his upside, but I don't think he's a player that I can be prepared to pay the premium for after this performance coming into playoffs. I think you, I think you always have to be ahead of where you want to be. Like you can't just react to. You have to take a, a gamble before things happen mm-hmm. to have any benefit and build a team. If you take pay up after everything happens, you're just you're not going to have enough pieces in you. You need to have some value gains to build a roster. I think for me, I had to pull him up from a a taxi squad. This I'm um, a taxi squad. I asked what because he came off IR and I needed to make a, a, a lineup change. To um, I think I had to take someone out that was became out and I and I was like tossed up. Do I start this guy or not? And I was like, oh, it's his first week back. Last time I I got <laughs> I brought him back a little bit too early last time and they didn't have a good week. And then I thought, oh, I'll just bench him. Luckily, didn't cost me the the matchup, but it would have been real good to play him. Yes, like Mike Williams. I think we all said last, uh, just, mm. you know, wait and see what happens. And he's the wide receiver five on the week already. So, yeah, I think these guys, you kind of just stick them in your lineup because, you know, they're going to be good. And just if they if they shit the bed, they shit the bed. Like, what do you yeah, do? Sometimes that's when you have, like, medium depth at positions that makes your decision a lot harder than when you're a bit shorter and you just have to play it out of desperation. You, you <laughs> get the benefit of knowing who you start, um, knowing who your best players are. You have to play them. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, next talking point, and this is one that's pretty contentious across our Sheeps leagues because uh, there's been some pretty loud people that have, you know, advocated a specific way. But um, I'm just going to bring it up. It's just completely off the cuff and I had no warning that we we're going to do this. But uh, the tanking situation and the roster starting, I'd like to just, you know, open this up, not just to you, but to, to people on Twitter or, or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you're listening to us, Discord, whatever you're doing. What do you do to make sure people actually set a lineup? Because we're we're having these issues in a couple of sheep's leagues at the moment where people aren't setting lineups and it's turning into a bit of a, a shit fight. Um, we've had suggestions for, you know, go with the max points four and whatever you finish, if you finish last in max point four, then you get the 101. Or is there a perfect solution to this, Pete? What do you reckon? Oh. I don't know. I think that I think there is getting towards a, a better solution, perhaps, but a perfect one. I'm not so sure. I think it's it's tough. Like the best leagues are the ones where everyone plays to the end. And I and I'm not sitting exactly, here to say yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, people can't get their life like have to put their life to the side and focus on fantasy football every second of the season and can't make mm. any mistakes. Or it's just harder in it's harder in leagues, especially dynasty red tanks. I think. Um, these teams that sort of give up and maybe they forgot to check in and say, oh, crap, there's an out that I forgot to do or a guy was on buy. I forgot there was still buy weeks in week 14. Um, they're just they're harder when it's happened earlier in the season. And I think the tanking part is a problem in all leagues. How do you mitigate it? Because there's a, a distinct advantage to get picks uh, lower in the draft if your team can't compete. And if you're not doing the best, like it's no better for a league to have – four teams that can't get themselves any better uh, instead of mm. the bottom than, than four teams that are trying to sort of, you know, shoot for the 101. But I think there's a managing the rules in the, in the lineup situation is that the, the challenging part. Like every owner needs to be, um, have the ability to set their own lineup. There can never be like, uh, you can't have commissioners changing lineups because 
I can mm, I can sit exactly, here and yeah. say to you, oh, that's a bad start this week in your game, but you're the one that has to win and the other one has to play with it. And if I get it wrong, like it's, we know what fantasy football is like. Sometimes you you have the inkling or you have this this matchup that you really like and you think it's going to work, but it's not. I don't know what Sleeper says is the um, projected points. Great matchup, yeah. So, so yeah. it's always tough, and sometimes there are early tools that go against your way. But I think. Uh, when it gets into these real active tanking spots, it's a bit difficult because everyone's trying to get a startable player that scores zero points, but it's crossing a fine line with guys that, that don't start. And um, I mean, the best I've seen in a league where I play in um, and it has a composite format solution. And that's probably the best one that I've seen. I just can't really remember how the calculation works, um, but it's something like it works off record um, but also takes into account the max points for and creates a composite uh, score and gives you the, based on that score, you, that's how you, the draft order works for the non-playoff teams. And I mean, it sort of, it takes into account the team that, that finished last on record because I'm, I'm again, the points for thing can't by itself means that one team could have won no games all season. Um, another team could be winning matchups. And the whole point of that, it's not best ball. You have to win matchups. And sometimes you, you win by a little bit or not. And if you have a, uh, seven to nine record, but a lower score than a guy's two and ten because he's had a, a week or two where absolute players on the bench blew up or whatever yeah, exactly, it can yeah. be. That's the, that's not the game to um, to have those. And yeah, it probably eliminates teams tanking, but it it, it it fixes that issue of three teams on playing for the last place. But it doesn't fix any of the. It creates a secondary issue in that next set of tier teams up. It's like, well, wait, but I I actually couldn't win any matchups. I mean. And this other team won more than me and was close, but then mm. um, either sold players at the end of the season and, and moved it. And it's like, oh, is that worth more? Like if you're good for seven weeks, but sell out for three, um, like where's the value there in terms of consistency? And I think that's where the record part of it is actually a truer indication than at some point. But Yeah, I agree. I think I've been a bit guilty of it in Sheeps too, right? I'm starting guys that I'm, I'm, I'm sure might get on the field and then they've been late scratches and, you know, I've put up a donut and they've been out. Um, but you know, obviously if I check my lineup at 4am in the morning, I could have made some changes, but, um, you know, that's the goal when you're in one of these situations, you really do need the 101 to make a, a big improvement to your team. If you're down at the 104, then you, you're getting guys that could just be just nothing. So yeah, look, I'm definitely guilty of it and I won't deny, but I don't think max points four is the answer. There's no, nothing stopping me from, oh, okay, well, if that's the case and, you know, I've got 10 guys on the bench. I'll just drop them to waivers or sell them for thirds and fourths and just have nothing on the bench. Well, yeah, congratulations. That hasn't mitigated the problem, right? You're still going to have a low points four. And you could also still have guys that aren't putting up points on the uh, on your starting roster. So um, there's definitely <laughs> ways around it if you if you go to max points four. So I don't think it's the correct answer. I think the only thing that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a guy that's got four blokes on his lineup with um, outs or IR next to his name. I mean, you're clearly not following the bylaws, but there's no punishment. Do you think there's a punishment that needs to be put in place for guys that aren't putting? And what do you think that punishment could be? Is it, you know, you're, you're pushing draft picks back or, you know, you um, we, we mentioned before that the, the commission goes in and changes rosters, but I don't think it can never get to that stage, right? So, no, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a bit dense. Um, I think the league's not working if you don't have the owners in there. I think it's about like the league itself has to, the commissioner isn't the, the boss there. They're just sort of, the person that's that's managing it. The league has the power, and I'm just a big fan of yeah. like, um, no one made the commissioner doesn't make. I think the league 
the commissioners that administrator whole, right, that, yeah, that gets yeah. it done. But the league makes the decision on what they want to do and how they want to generate the bylaws. And I think that's something that I think, and as our leagues have got older, we need to address probably a bit more around how we can control um, and make sure that the, the rules are abided by those teams. And, and there's a fair um, punishment if there's a, a player not started, but it's a, a bit difficult to make sure the rule fits all cases because one rule applied for to the bottom team sort of um, how is it managed if if a, if a player doesn't if a player at the bottom tanking sits a guy out but a guy that's competing starts a guy that's out like you can't be having the wording mean that he needs to be penalised as well and just have mm. it's difficult but I think at the end of the day you've just got to figure out a way that you the only like if you start tap, taking draft picks it gets a bit harder on guys that if something does go wrong in their life or, you know, there's times when they're going to yeah, miss yeah. it. And then, oh, that rule's a rule um, type of conversation, which makes it a bit more difficult. Yeah, I think. exactly, yeah. It's about, I think sometimes there's, at the moment, maybe Dynasty, Fantasy Football, there's an emphasis on, oh, you're not winning, you've been in it and you're tanking. But maybe yeah. it's more about understanding how to, playing going to be better and having teams not quite go so deep into, into tanks. and. Well, it'll, it'll play itself out in the long run, but I, I think as well sometimes playing for the that, that number one pick often isn't necessarily the best player. I can't remember how many classes we can go back now, but I can't sit here and tell you the best player that was taken 101 is always is the best player to come out of every class and the most valuable pick. So Even the 102s, look at Clyde Ebersalea now a couple of years ago. He was the next up-and-comer and he's turned into nothing. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always I, the I, big I, or end all. I think, I think what the key is you, you want to stay competitive and you want to compete, but making maybe it's about how you make their leagues competitive for the teams not to mm. tank like what's, what's that's the thing tank? like i'm tanking and i'm not enjoying it like it's shit putting up a bad score every week like scoring 30 or 40 points but i know i've got you know 80 points sitting on my bench yeah i could be knocking some people out of the playoffs but i really do need some high quality talent to come into my team the only way to do it is to get an early pick right with no one's going to come and buy my shit players and I'm not going to be able to go and sell my good ones because they're all young up-and-comers and I don't want to go and make a transaction for like Travis Kelsey when, or, you know, Stefan Diggs when in three years are going to be gone and I have to start the whole process again. So, um, yeah, look, there's... I just don't yeah, know. There's there's plenty great, of people that are kicking a stink up and I just... I think my, I don't sheep's, know what the solution my sheep's 2 team's a great example of that. Like, I was at a point... Uh, like, I'm going to finish 7-7 seven and seven and make the playoffs, right? And my team mm-hmm. was at a spot where I was... Like the the three teams at the bottom were all on one win tanking, right? Um, and that left that I like my best. I could have, and I was sort of sitting fourth last. I could have sat there and said, "Oh, maybe I'll just stay tanking for here, um, get the fourth pick." And, but I was sort of like, "Well, what's the difference between me still being in the hunt for the playoffs, trying to win a couple of matchups, uh, and having a chance to sneak in?" Because really, it's the fourth pick, or it's the at the moment I'm sitting uh, with the sixth or seventh pick, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's three picks back. It's a chance to play in the big dance and, and get there and anything can happen in the playoffs, right? You gotta, you gotta be fine. You gotta, and I think like the other thought crossed my mind. It's like, what's like, the pick's not good enough playing for playing a win so much more better and so much more validating when you, when you win mm. a matchup. Um, yeah, if it was good, I, no one's going to go, think, oh, yeah, I cool. The, I beat a guy that's got 30 points. Like, who cares? We talked, Chris, you had a good point on this, and it's about how, like, you know, you can, going into a set, you should, the leagues are so, like, you should be able to start a season with a team that is competitive. And if, if there's teams starting seasons that aren't, maybe they're not 
great, but they're going into matchups trying to lose week of the season. It's just not the right. Uh, the league's not strong, but I think that hopefully it comes out. But I think, I guess the more, it's more 12 team leagues where you see it a bit more. 10 team leagues, they stay a bit closer. But um, setting lineups and playing your best is just the only way you can survive. And I think we've probably learned that the hard way and we have to just test our boundaries with what we can implement that's fair for everyone, but or propose really. Well, yeah, that's it. Myself, yeah. We have to find Get a way. And I think that's the good thing, Doc. And the hardest part now is it's hard to make a call. I don't think it's right to make a call within the season with if teams no, definitely not, no. decisions or trades like it's you can't go back and redo anything it's you've got to let get it play out so learn and grow that's anything we can do too right and i think we'll throw it up on twitter we'll throw it up on the discords all our socials and see what you guys come up with maybe there's a perfect answer out there that we just haven't heard of and um you know we can uh, always workshop stuff on socials and you know all those people in our leagues we're, we're definitely going to make some adjustments but uh, it's just a matter of getting it through with the entire league we don't want to just make a call and, and roll off that but uh, look we've had a question come in which is um, good timing because I thought we were going to wrap it up but uh, it's actually from some dude named FF Guest oh yeah never, never heard of him Mustn't, sounds like he has someone on league but uh, you've made, made it to the playoffs with Mike Evans slash insert other disappointing receiver would you play a DJ Chark or DPJ or Zay Jones over them in the playoffs or any other player that's a bit hot and cold? I think uh, there's a pretty straightforward solution to this. You look at the offences that these teams are playing on. Mike Evans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just not playing well. Tom Brady's not getting the ball in the spots he needs to. And, you know, guys like Zay Jones and DPJ, if you get the right matchup, they're going to put over 100 and potentially a couple of touchdowns. I think I'd be staying in the flames with those guys and not worrying about Mike Evans. Do you agree? <laughs> Um, I don't know. What's Evans been? I don't know. How you got to risk it, mate. You got to risk it to get the Trubisky. You know this. I do, but what's <laughs> what's Evans put up? I, I'm a bit more like I have to consider what the matchup's going to be. If I need if I need points, if it's if you know you're going to have to score 160 points or like you know whatever high total in that league is, then yeah, you're going to have to take take some gambles. But uh, Tom Brady last, just hasn't been last hasn't five weeks for Mike last. Evans. 6.5, this is half PBR, 6.5, 7.9, 4.1, 7.9, 6.4. Yeah, that's waiver wire. In a, a so was, do a right? touchdown just quietly. Hmm. Two, four, six, eight, nine weeks without a touchdown. Oh, I have to say the map. Yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, tough. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's all going to depend on matchup, and if you, you know, your opponent's got, you know, absolute studs, and you know, you're sitting there with Mike Evans, and you need to put up a really high upside. I think I'd be going with the other guys, and I think they've shown that they've they've done yeah. it, you know, enough, you know, four or five weeks in the last, maybe they've done it three out of the last five weeks. Um, just, just do it, just do it, start like, them up. Is Chark a play going forward still, or are we worried that there might be some Jay Will heading into? I think there's going to be almost be four names there now. Reynolds has come good. Amon Ra's mm-hmm. doing his thing. Um, DJ Chark's getting I think, some volume. Like, look at it. Jameson Williams, he only played 13 snaps, six routes run, uh, two targets and scored a touchdown, touchdown, right? Yeah, so um, pretty high efficiency for him. Yeah. yeah. But I just think, I think like, they're going to slow It shows, down. mate, it shows, it shows what he could be, right? I just, you know, scored one touchdown. He's had bloody three targets in the last mm-hmm. two weeks. So, But they don't need to, they don't need to, um, they don't need to throw him in too quick, right? Like this team yeah. is doing well and just using him, just letting him, maybe they'll let him have, you know, 20 snaps. Um, 
and run 12 routes next week and, and just sort of slowly improve. They don't need to throw him in there to being like uh, 61, 61 snaps, 37 routes run like Shark and Amon Ra. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's what I'd like to see. Like, I'd like, I would from him, I'd like to see him um, slowly improve and just finish the season healthy. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Came out, I mean, he wide there. open on this touchdown. Yeah. Wide open. Let me just see. I'm just watching this round now. Just ah, no one ever followed him. Just wide open. Goodness me. First catch was touchdown. Crazy, 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 crazy. I like it. Shows what he could be. Hmm. All right. Do you have anything you want to discuss? Well, what about Russell Wilson? Um, he oh, was man. He got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think there's a lot of people that oh, the Broncos scored twenty. What did they score twenty eight points this week? And it's like, wait, but weren't they losing twenty seven to nil? Twenty seven um, nil after about yeah. two minutes. Yeah, and, it's and it's crazy. like, well, were they were they in the game competitively, or did the Chiefs take their foot off the gas and, and let the Broncos back in? So, um, I've, I haven't actually seen the game. I had to go to work today, so. I do. I have to look at the highlights on that later, but I, I, I just I, I saw a lot of like oh there was a bit of Broncos talk. There was about, a bit of oh, fight at least. There was a bit yeah. of fight. Right, like look, it wasn't just they were just you know great week for Jerry. Three Jerry, maybe you should. Yeah, but I mean when you give up twenty things aren't you can't say things went to plan as a like team game script no. wise when you were down twenty seven nil, and that probably tells me the more the offense the other team sort of relaxed a little bit because I mean if you gave the Chiefs twenty seven points. You think the game would be over? And, mm. All right, if you would take your foot off the gas. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think you know he got concussed pretty bad. You know, fourth quarter there with concussions these days being a little bit. Uh, will he play next week? Who knows? Mm, I don't know. I think maybe the Broncos could do with um, letting him sit out. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I feel like he needed a game to like. If he had a if he had done really well and didn't get knocked down this game, you're like, maybe that's just that the you know the stress relief. Like he can reminder, oh, I can still do it, or things are working. What I need to do right, and just take a bit of weight off his shoulders. Um, I think him getting knocked out probably ruins all of that upside that was probably coming. So yeah, not the best. I think they they wait till next year and see. I don't know. There's nothing. I think he just needs someone needs to really sit him down in the off season and just give him a good talking to. Like, sorry, shit out, mate. You're not bloody. You're not the best thing that's ever been made. I think. I think it's more about for, bring your focus back to the, the football field. I think it, exactly focus, right. Yeah. He protect, he makes it out like his focus is there, but is his focus really there? He's got a lot of like you know, see these guys doing all these ads at times and not performing well, and you don't want to get the Baker Mayfield syndrome um, when he was. And you want to bring him back to being like, mate. Let's just settle. Let's just get things right. Um, because he hasn't, he hasn't been out there making great. He just hasn't been doing anything. It's just like he hasn't been like the, you know turning the ball over a million times a game and real, like costing the ten games. It's just been like, oh, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. It must be frustrating as a Broncos fan. You make that signing in the off season. You think, oh, geez, here we go. We're on. And this is what he puts up. It's, it's well, I think like what well, you would have hoped maybe they and like there was a lot of hype the Broncos could win the division with Russell, like all the all this stuff. But I think it really showed that they were as deep as on the especially on the offensive side of the ball than you need to be to be a competitive team in this league. And even in the skill positions, there's a lot of talk now. The Broncos need to draft a wide receiver early next season to to bring depth back into that room because Sutton's getting a bit older. That they need some more talent in there, and you always need. Like when they lose an injury, lose Tim Patrick, you lose one of these guys, you're down to, I don't know, Kendall Hilton and 
Montreal, Washington, you need to have better players than that if you're going to be competitive. So um, I think the hardest part about this is there's a, there's going to be a bit of a stigma for free agency that players aren't going to want to come to the Broncos because of all this Russell Wilson noise. So that's the sad part. I think if they had a good year and they, they you know, been competitive, won some games, maybe they were sitting 500 or like, you know, a bit above, players would be like, oh, that's a team I want to, that, that could be a playoff push in free agency to go join. But I think there's a bit more of those players that are, that are good players when they get on teams mm. that are winning records. You can't sort of advertise them, which is a great like the point of like how the Jags have to pay Christian Kirk money. They need to they need to bring players in so more players can come in after knowing like, oh you know, we've got some like where we have to overpay now, but hopefully it means that we can attract better talent down the line. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, there's no one good to pay any money for. We're not going to pay anyone because you know we'll never get any anything in there. You've got to sort of start to pay up and the Broncos have no hmm. cap space to yeah, pay no up. <laughs> chaos, chaos. All right, uh, last thing that's come through, just real quickly, a nice reminder here from Tombo. He says uh, he's doing a graphic for his top six quarterbacks getting drafted in 2023. Can you name your top six or just name six? Yep. Look, it's great, great time to transition to what we'll be doing in the offseason that's going through all of our college prospects. It's one of our favorite things to do. Look at a quarterback's running backs, wide receivers in a cheeky episode on tight ends just to have a look at who's coming in, do some good analysis. Uh, I think we got some help with one uh, Matt Waldman from last year. He's given us a few little pointers on what we need to look for for wide receivers especially. Um, so, yeah, look out for those episodes. Um, we're going to have a bit of time off after the season finishes and have a bit of a debrief with each other and uh, and look at how we want to attack this next couple of months. But uh, that's definitely the fun stuff, get in amongst the rookies and, and have a chat about them. So keep an eye on the uh, on the socials. We'll do a whole bunch of streaming and get some footage up for you guys to look at as well while you're watching slash listening. So uh, it's cool stuff to look forward to. It's um, it's good fun the off-season. I actually enjoy looking at those rookies. So. Yeah, anything yeah, else? Look forward point? to that. Oh, I think maybe just some, just some key players just to – so sort of keep an eye on Donovan Peoples Jones. I think his usage has really sort of ticked up, and he's looking pretty good. Noah Brown, another player that's sort of he's staying in some high offensive snaps. That um, he just hasn't had the the value there with the other wide receivers. But you know, there's a lot of these little cheap players that are floating around that could be potential. Chris Moore, yeah, Chris Moore, another great one. Yeah, I dropped him out of my DFS lineup because I was like, ah, oh, he won't get enough. Oh dear, I made a bad decision. <laughs> Because <laughs> he went off over 100 yards, yeah, it was crazy. That's good. I think there's like like we talked about Chig as well. He's played pretty. He had a pretty good game. Sky Moore's another one. Like, have yeah, you seen the see the video of a what's his name that did a uh, what was uh, Steve Smith uh, calling out like his improvement in his game? So I think he's a player that. We could see, especially if they're going to be a team that makes the playoffs, like these rookies that make playoffs, that's when they can make a, a big play and really make a name for themselves and mm. value can shoot up. Even if the the fantasy season's over, you've got to keep an eye on these guys because like that could be an opportunity to snag one or look at an opportunity to buy now because one of these rookies maybe hasn't performed. Sky Moore is a great example, but he's got a few more weeks after the season where people will start to forget, oh, yeah, his season's done, but really more chance to show and in those primetime games, that's where you make a name for yourself and, you know, make a name in your, in your team to get more snaps in the next season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, mate, let's wrap it up. Yep. Get out of here. Uh, back on Thursday for our uh, main episode. Go through all the start sits for your playoff weeks and, of course, play some DFS with uh, Draft Stars as well. So get amongst it. Uh, we will chuck a few questions up on socials, see what you think, um, see what uh, miracles you need. Monday miracles. So for nine points from those two. So it's always a pleasure. 
Yeah, likewise, Chris. Love Bye. you, work, mate.